What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dats What She Said with Danny podcast. We are super excited this week to have World Series champion Aaron Barrett join us on the podcast. Danny, I know you're excited. I'm super excited. I'm wearing my Baby Shark t-shirt, which Let's go. hopefully he appreciates. And we appreciate him and his journey to get back to the major leagues, which has been an incredible one. We'll talk to him about his rehab from his injury and what he learned during that time that is going to help him during this process as we get back to baseball and the champagne showers, beer showers in the clubhouse, walk through the off season, how incredible that was for him, and then get a little bit into the season with him too. Maybe some of the new rules. That could be fun. We'll talk about that too. I'm super excited, first of all, to be back doing the podcast Yay. with you. It's been a second since we've been back together, so I'm happy to see you in doing this. You touched on the mental side of the game. You know I'm a big proponent of that, so I'm anxious to hear what he says. Maybe some of the things he's put into practice during the past few months that he was able to put into practice when he wasn't playing, when he was rehabbing, when he was working his way back through the minors. That's such a grind. The other thing I'm curious to find out is whether he thinks it's going to be easier or more difficult to defend their championship. And then also in the process of that, all of these new rules encompass stuff like you can't spit, you have to social distance, how that is all going to play into the game. We'll ask him his opinion on Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross sitting out which I think is important, and I'm curious to hear what he says. And then, of course, we'll always have our rapid fire. He's got one of the best beards on the team, but how much would we have to pay him to shave it off? Let's invite him to the party. <laughs> what are you guys thinking of my mask? <laughs> we love it. Wow. Like that? I mean, you are the bear, so it's the most fitting mask you could possibly have. I know. I can't, I can't wear that the whole interview. So, <laughs> How are you, Aaron? I'm doing great. Let me take this off. How are you guys doing? Good. Welcome Good. to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We should let people know Aaron was wearing a mask because safety first, even in a virtual podcast, Aaron, we appreciate that. I think he was just doing it to be funny. <laughs> what do you mean? Safety always first. Come on, guys. All right, speaking of safety, you just underwent your COVID test for the season. How did that go? It was uh, actually pretty easy. I was predicting like the whole nose thing and um, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. And uh, it went very well. Just a uh, simple saliva and blood test and I was in and out in like five, ten minutes. So it was, it was very, very easy. Did you get to see anybody? Did you see any friends? Were there any yeah, virtual the, high fives? Uh, a couple of virtual high fives. Um, they had us grouped in basically five guys at a time, and it was very, very simple. Uh, so I got to see a couple teammates, and then I just posted. I saw uh, Trey Howie and Juan on a truck, so I posted that and said, hey, hey teammates. So, you know, <laughs> that might be the <laughs> you know, closest I get to those guys for a while, so who knows? <laughs> so when did you get your results? Uh, they said 24 to 48 hours, so I'm currently hunkered down for the, you know a little while, and we'll see what happens. Were you excited being back? Like, how does it feel to have everything back? Uh, I'm just excited to, about the opportunity to be playing again. It's just, it's weird. Obviously, uh, the circumstances are are completely not normal, 
but I'm excited. I'm excited to be back in D.C., and, and hopefully we can get our feet into the ground and get this thing rolling. All right, so before we get into the season, we want to talk a little bit about the off season and the amazing run that you guys have been on. So as a fan who's never been in a clubhouse where there's a champagne celebration, a beer shower, give us a peek into what's that like. If you're a fly on the wall, what's that kind of celebration like? And was there one that stood out to you that maybe was more unique than the others? Yeah, it's so Bobby Henley, obviously, our third base coach, when I first got drafted in 2010, obviously the Nationals were not very good. And the motto back then was, you know, we want to win the NLEs. We want to basically make a name for ourselves. And he would constantly talk about having champagne be poured down the back and into the lower region. You know, I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep it G rated. Uh, but he, we would always talk about that. And, you know, since 2012, uh, when they first won the L East and things got rolling, it is a feeling that is you can't describe it. You know, just being able to, for me, I never like to wear goggles because you want to remember the burn. You want to feel the burn in your eyes because you just don't know how many times you get to do it in your career. And so just having that celebration with your teammates, you work so hard all year long and you create a bond with those guys and with your coaches and you get an opportunity to do that. Uh, it is something that you cherish forever. And uh, I think obviously the wild card game started things off. I mean, it, it literally, you know, you win or go home. And that celebration and the crowd and just everything was was unlike anything I had ever experienced. But obviously, winning the World Series is—I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It, there's just you want to do it every year. It just—I <laughs> just remember that moment of I ran running out from the bullpen in Houston. I just remember getting you know to the pot to the dog pile, and I just I didn't have any air left in my lungs. Just like I was screaming so loud. I was like, I got there and like, I had nothing left. I mean, it's just, it's just a, an experience that you just can't describe. And it's just so special, especially when you have a great group of guys that we did and being able to celebrate with them is just uh, surreal. Danny, I want to ask him real quick, Aaron, your wife is pregnant, right? She is. And Danny, you can see his glow. So Aaron, <laughs> whose glow is brighter right now? Your wife's pregnancy glow or your World Series glow? uh probably my wife's to be honest with you <laughs> uh but my glow is pretty good too honestly <laughs> uh, he's gonna wear that yeah. glow for a long time has it sunk in that another title that you get to add for the rest of your life is world series champion aaron barrett honestly just under the circumstances that this year has been you know it, we haven't really been able to celebrate it a whole lot it, it, with baseball being you know, non-existent, obviously being able to be, to call myself a World Series champion, I don't think it's really hit me yet still to this day. It's super cool. I mean, it obviously has a great ring to it. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think it's hit me yet. I don't think it's, ha it's had its opportunity to, you know, obviously with, with things going on this year, we haven't been able to celebrate, you know, that we're the World Series champions and um, so that is a little bit different. And, you know, we haven't even gotten our rings yet. So it just it, it just feels a little different. When you have friends and family that you are on Zoom calls with or you're on the phone with them, do you make them address you every single time <laughs> as World Series champion Aaron Barrett? 
<laughs> no, not yet, at least. Um, I think I'll wait till I get my ring so that I can, you know, then they can start calling me that. Uh, <laughs> but I, de I definitely will for sure. The ring process, I'm curious, what, what decisions did you get to make? How much say did everyone have into choosing what goes on the ring and what it looks like? Yeah, I know there, there was a ring committee. Um, I mean, obviously, I wasn't on it. I think there might have been – I don't even – actually, I don't know if any players were on it, to be honest with you. Uh, if anybody was, it might have been like Max or Zim or somebody like that. But I know that there was a long process – you know, going into what the rings will look like and they want a lot of symbolism and they did an outstanding job. They really did. I mean, they are absolutely gorgeous. They, they really are. But uh, I think There's we all again, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we decided to get them all together. I think it'll be um, really neat. Obviously, you know, we wanted together and, and we wanted to make sure that we got our rings together. And so that will be a special moment whenever that is. I have no idea. But that'll be really cool being able to get together and celebrate that. Well, you guys were all together at the parade and celebrated that. What's one moment that stood out to you from the parade? From what I remember of it, uh, <laughs> golly, the parade. By the time the parade came, I think that was the first like real moment that it hit. It was like, holy cow, we act, we did we won! Like we won this thing, and uh, just turning the corner and seeing the sea of people that came out for the parade that's when it like hit me like oh my god this is real i mean on our specific bus in particular every time someone threw a certain liquor bottle or beer can it, you know we caught it and naturally drank it so like i said uh it was a good booze hits differently when you're a world series <laughs> champ right that's right <laughs> um and then we get to the stage and just seeing just just a sea of red and blue. That was probably the coolest moment where it really sunk in for me that this was such a special year. And, you know, we, we did it. We won the whole thing. I think the other cool part, too, is that you get to share the trophy, right? You share it with your family. You share it with the fans, everyone around you. But you did something even more. You went on a USO tour and shared it uh, with members of our military. I mean... I have chills just listening to you talk about the parade, but what, what was that experience like? It must've been pretty humbling for you. It was super humbling. Um, the USO tour, obviously when I was presenting it, uh, the year that I've had obviously was something, I mean, it's, it's storybook really. Um, you know, and I go back and think about it and just, it's just the whole, whole year, uh, the cap it off of the world series is just so surreal. And then, I get presented with the opportunity to go on the USO tour with, with Adam Eaton and a lot of, uh, you know, low cash and so, some other you know great comedians and UFC fighters. And when it was presented, obviously I'm, I'm a huge advocate for the military and what they do for us in this country. And when I, when they presented that opportunity, I couldn't pass on it. And so just being able to go over there, share the trophy, share, you know, obviously my comeback story with them and tell them, how much I appreciate what they do for us. And because I truly believe that we wouldn't be able to play this game if it were, wasn't for them giving us the freedoms that we, that we have today. It was super humbling, you know, just seeing what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. And, and I hope I get to go on it again because it was a blast. 
So let's revisit this comeback story because it really is pretty incredible. And I love the way that you want to share it with the world. So we're going to share it on this podcast. <laughs> you fight back from numerous injuries. And while you're rehabbing, you get injured again. And going through those injuries and fighting back to not only have your arm be able to be used in baseball, but just be able to have it be used in general. And then to have Matt Lecroy have that amazing speech for you to tell you that you were recalled. That video is, oh my gosh, I could cry. And then you get back on the mound after nearly four years. So when you get back on the mound, what's going through your mind? It's been a long time coming. You know, it's, I think there were times where I really didn't know if I, I would ever pitch again. And uh, so that's where it's, it gets super emotional where, you know, you, you, put yourself back in those moments and back in those, those times where it was the worst days I've ever had. But when I made my comeback and, you know, just getting out on the mound, it just, it just hit me, you know, after the outing was over and, you know, I, it's kind of funny. The first, the first guy I faced, I walked, I walked him on four straight pitches and I just remember telling myself like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, let's go. <laughs> uh, and we, we were, we were only losing by a run and obviously we were still in the pennant race. And uh, so we just weren't, didn't have really much of an opportunity. Like we needed to win these games. So I was putting pre a lot of pressure on myself to perform as well, but also like I had, I was an emotional wreck mentally just you dream about this moment you know for four years you, you try to envision it and picture it and try to put yourself in those shoes in those shoes and uh so I walked the first you know the first guy on four pitches and then I'm facing uh Julio Tehran pitcher so I'm like all right and then I throw two more balls and I'm like let's go man like come <laughs> on you're facing the pitcher he's just gonna you know give give you a bunt or whatever and I end up uh, getting him out on a foul out bunt opportunity. And after the funny story, after the game, I went up to Zim. And I said, because Zim ended up catching in a foul territory. I said, Zim, you got to drop that ball for me, dude. You got to get the, get my strikeout numbers up. Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, he, just, he just laughed. And so then I strike out, you know, after I get the first out, I strike out, obviously, a coon on three pitches. You know, I think I just got that confidence like you know I got the first out okay deep breath then I get a coon and Albies and just again I think after the outing was over I mean I almost like blacked out honestly just there's so many things going on in my head and it just it just hit me you know there's just so many times that I, I thought it was over and um, so many people support me obviously my my wife and my family and just uh and grace of God obviously as just I, I can't I can't describe it, you know. And um, you guys, you guys obviously saw my breakdown in, in the dugout, and and that's just, that's truly how I felt. It's something I'll never forget. And obviously, the four years were absolutely terrible, but it makes you appreciate more things in life and perspective on on this world and everything you have. And um, it's it just a moment I'll never forget. So Alexa mentioned Matt Lecroy. I actually worked for the Senators in 2012. So Lecroy no was- No Yeah. Menhart's the pitching coach. And those two are some of my favorite people um, in the baseball world, like some of the best of the best, right? 
Um, so we saw, obviously, Lee Croy deliver that speech to you. And then you see Menhart come up to you in the dugout you mentioned after when you had a chance to kind of realize what you had done. But you see Davey and Matt Adams and Para come up. All these guys come up, surround you, hug you, embrace you because they know what you've been through and what this moment means. But to have them have your back and know what you went through, what does that mean to you? It means the world. I, I, I must have missed you by a year because I was there the next year in 13. Yeah, just um, one year, man. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, back when I broke my arm, we were rehabbing just uh, for functionality in my arm. There wasn't a – I mean, we didn't have a protocol. There was no – no one's ever really done it before. So we literally were making it up. And there wasn't really a uh, – an idea of me throwing a ball ever again. So the, for the Nationals, just to continue to rehab me and give me an opportunity and give me a chance, and I'm forever grateful for them, obviously, just sticking by my side. And, and uh, But, yeah, guys like Lee Croy and Paul Menhart, Doug Harris and, and Rizzo and, and everyone involved, honestly, just it, it just uh, the amount of support that I've had has been off the charts. I went through hell and back, and – you know, just giving anyone, you know, not just baseball, but just in life, um, you can do anything you set your mind to, you know, no matter what obstacles you're going through, whether it's physical or mental, you know, if you truly believe in it and you have a dream and you want to go out and get it, you put your head down and set your mind to it, you, you can do anything. And so I'm trying to obviously inspire people to, that they can do that. And obviously my teammates as well that, you know, whatever they're going through, um, they can get through it. So it's been awesome. Aaron, I know that winning the World Series is the top highlight in your career, but where does coming back from that injury, being on that mound and striking out one of the best hitters in the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. rank for you? I'd say probably so – Obviously making my debut, um, you know, I made the team out of camp in 14 and I had my, you know, major league debut on opening day and I ended up getting the win in that debut. So that was like, obviously big time on my list, but this type of, com this, my comeback was like, obviously it tops the charts. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just something I'll never forget. And obviously being able to strike out Acuna for my first strikeout back, um, and I have the ball. It's uh, it's surreal. I mean, you know, being able to face a level hitter like him and being able to get him the strikeout on my first strikeout bag. It's, uh, it's a moment I'll never forget, for sure. You touched on the mental part of the game. I am such a nerd when it comes to this. I can't get enough of the conversation. So, obviously, coming back from what you went through took a lot of mental toughness, Right. And so Lex and I are wondering, is there anything that you used from that time that you applied the past few months while baseball has been on pause to kind of help you get through this moment that was unexpected and, and something that's out of your control? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of things in this, in, in life in general that you cannot control. And a lot of the, a lot of things that I've learned through this process, uh, no doubt the the mental side of my rehab process was the most, most grueling. There's, there's no doubt. Obviously the physical side, yes, it was terrible. Um, but the mental side, I mean, I literally had to retrain myself how to throw, throw again, you know, 
literally couldn't throw uh, a baseball like a five-year-old. Um, I had to retrain train my brain had to retrain itself all over again. So the mental process was 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 brutal. But during that process, I think um, I also realized that my whole life was really circled around baseball and baseball. I, I never wanted to make baseball define who I was. Mm-hmm. It was something that I did and I was really good at it. And I obviously loved the game. But I think when it got, you know, when baseball was taken away from me, I didn't really know who I was. So it kind of gave me a whole new perspective on life. And I realized, you know, the things that I did have, um, obviously I'm blessed with a, with a great family and, and my wife. And we obviously during that process, we, you know, had my daughter who's been the biggest blessing ever. And, uh, so, I mean, I don't want to get choked up here, but, um, <laughs> or make you guys cry either, but just, just, per, just perspective, you know, just perspective on life. And I think through this last month, there's a lot of control, control what you can control and you can't control this pandemic. You can't control, you know, a lot of things that's been going on. And so, you know, I've, I've never been home in the last 15, 16 years during this time, you know, April to July, never been able to go out on the lake. I've never been able to do any of those things. I've never seen green trees, you know, at, at home ever. And so like, it's just, it's been weird, but it's been a blessing. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's time, you know, you get to spin at home and, you know, I could be sitting here sulking like, Oh, I wish I could be playing baseball, which we all do, but you can't, you can't change that. So you just continue to, to get better, be ready, enjoy your time with your family. And, and that's all you can control. As we transition to the 2020 season and we're gearing up for spring training 2.0 or summer camp, as some like to call it, we're realizing that other players are feeling that way too, right? That some things are bigger than baseball. Both Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross have opted out for the season and they've both put out statements and the Nationals organization has supported them fully. What was your reaction when you saw those statements? You know, I, I support those guys. Uh, any any decisions, you know, whatever decisions my teammates make, uh, you know, I'm going to support them. Um, you know, every single guy is going to have different um, positions with their families or different uh, things going on. And, you know, whether that's, you know, at di- they're all going to be at different points in their careers and different things going on with their families. And so – for someone to come out and, and, and say, you know, just disagree uh, with, with their decisions. It's just, I don't know, because I don't know what they're personally going through. I don't know their personal thought process. I don't know what medical conditions, uh, you know, um, all, again, it goes back to controlling what we can control. And, you know, it's obviously I'm going to, I'm going to hate not being able to see Zim and, and Joe during the season, but, you know, they have to do what's best for them. And, you know, for me, and I'm in, I'm in a really tough position. My wife's pregnant right now. We're expecting a boy in September. And as much as I would love to have them with me, it's not the safest thing. And being out for four years, I'm in a, you know, I need to play. I need to support my family. So that's, 
that's obviously my position and it's different than, than other guys, you know, positions. And I think that's all you can really do is you can only control what your circumstances for your family and you have to do what's best for you, for yourself. We're seeing so many unprecedented new things, right? There's, there's a lot of new, including the rules, the new rules set for 2020. And Lex and I are looking at all of them and we're kind of just trying to figure out how all of this is going to work. So what we need to know is which rule, I know you've read it front and back, right? If we did a test right now, you'd pass it all. <laughs> but which rules do you think might be the hardest to abide by? And then I'll have a follow-up after that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, when they sent it out, I was like, I'm going to need a Cliff Notes version of this. Uh, <laughs> <Some> spark Notes. <laughs> spark Notes, yeah, something. I mean, yeah, th there's gonna there's a lot of things that are going to be tough. Um, you know, I, I don't know how we're going to keep Max out of the dugout when he's not pitching. Um, that's <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be really hard. Uh, <laughs> no licking of the fingers, right? Is that yeah. one? Uh, that's just natural habit. The whole the spitting, you know what I mean? Not being able to spit or stuff like that. Would you carry a wet rag in your pocket? Hmm. What kind of wet rag is this? Is it, what is this? <laughs> it's yeah, a Lex. clean, unused, completely sanitary wet rag. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, if everyone's doing it, I guess I will. <laughs> what about a rule that you think could stay? Uh, you know, there's a couple new ones that the league has been talking about for a few years, but anything that you're like, I wouldn't mind seeing that stay? Mm, like, give me an example. What about the universal DH? Uh, I don't mind that role. I, I don't mind that one. I think that I think baseball was actually getting close to that anyway. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, I am a baseball purist, but it's just I don't know. It's just just part. Of, I don't know. I'm a I'm a purist. I, mean, I agree. We're with you. Yeah. The, you know the three. Obviously, the three batter minimum rule. I think it. I think it hurts a lot of you know a lot of friends of mine, a lot of guys that, you know, lefty specialists in particular that, you know, but I also, I also see the benefit of it really adds a lot of value to guys being able to get lefties and righties out. So that's, that's also another one. There is the whole, like uh, one, one issue too, they said limit two guys warming up at the same time. I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, uh, that's going to be really hard. I mean, Danny brought it up. She was just curious how you guys are all going to sit in the bullpen without <laughs> spitting or chewing or, yeah, you know, joking around or, or tossing a baseball back and forth. Or, I mean, because you're just out there kind of killing time. Yeah, we were, we were having a group chat a few weeks ago, and, like, Dew was saying uh, they're going to call down and, Huddy, Huddy, you got the eighth inning, and they call back. Well, Huddy's in section 127 <laughs> right now, so you'll have to you'll have to call over there to get him get him going. <laughs> oh my god, that's true, man. Yeah, I I was just thinking, you know, that's gonna be because it's your nature, right? It's what you've done the last 25 years, however old you guys are. As long as you've been playing, it's it's your muscle memory of what you've been doing. It's a part of your routine. Some guys are superstitious. You're gonna have to break that. And as you mentioned, you're a purist, right? So 
your form of baseball is you want to be able to go out there. You, you want to have all the tools in your toolbox. And some of these tools now are kind of being taken away and you have to adjust, but I guess that that's what it takes to get the season done. Then it, that it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And I think um, this season is going to be obviously very, very unique. And in order for us to play, it's going to take a lot of sacrifices. And I think, I think the guys are willing to do that. Obviously wouldn't, you know, be in the situation if, uh, if we didn't feel that way. So, and the winner of this season is, it's going to be a special group. You know, it's going to be one of those things where all 60 guys have to be on the same page all the time, you know, on and off the field. So to be crowned champion this year, it's really going to take a very, very committed group of guys doing the right things, you know, being safe, you know, on and off the field because, God forbid, if if someone does go down and, you know, affect who knows how many guys, it could really hurt a big portion of the season. So, you know, there are sacrifices, but if this is the way we need to play, then, then we have to do it. There's no really other way around it. So, Aaron, since this is now our new normal, how difficult do you think it will be to defend your title and go back-to-back as World Series champions in this 60-game season? Is and is not. I mean, I think we have the group to do it again. I mean, there's no doubt in in 60 games in a sprint, you look at the rotation, look at the bullpen, you look at a lot of the pieces that we have offensively. um, I don't see see why not, you know. Uh, There are a lot of teams that, it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, 160 games, I mean, look at 60 games with where the Nats were last year. It could be anybody's season this year, but it's going to be interesting. It reminds me like going back to like college, you know, having that 50, 60 games and uh, it should be fun. I think it's going to be fun. So this is a new element that we brought to the podcast because we had a chance to see you guys instead of doing it audio. So here is the task at hand. We need you to bring us one thing that is unique in your apartment, wherever you may be, bring it to us and show us what it is. A little show and tell. Unique? Yep. Hmm. Let me see. Does it have to be one? I might have a couple. Okay. Extended show and tell. We're Not here bad. for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am in quarantine, so. That's right. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> okay. I think we're, I think we got, I think I have some things. All right. I have some see you. Number one's gonna be a acupuncture mat. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> number two, version number two. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know if you guys know this too. Also, the cap off my 2019, I was in the Budweiser commercial. Did you know that? I, no. <laughs> I was in the Budweiser Super Bowl commercial for like a half a second. Really? Yes, really. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Just like things can get any better for me, you know? <laughs> so Budweiser reaches out to me and they're like, obviously a big fan of your story, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'd love to sponsor your Super, uh, Super Bowl party. So they sent me literally like 150 Budweiser beers and they keep sending me stuff. <laughs> so they just sent me this lovely uh polo that i will be rocking on july 4th oh yes oh yes and these swim trunks (laughs) so thank you budweiser i love you 
the year of Aaron Barrett, honestly. You're going to rock them together, right? It's a set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then my last thing, this is, this is very unique, is a can of WD-40. <laughs> is that for your arm? It is for my arm, yes. I have to keep my arm lubricated in between outings, so. You're kidding, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. One of the reporters, uh, after one of my uh, games, because I, I put it up in my locker, so I just keep my bag. I put it up there. I'm trying to get a sponsorship or, you know, or <laughs> – uh maybe like uh snap on tools or like you know one of those hardware companies could sponsor me something like that but uh name dropping had, all over the place <laughs> no, we'll work on it that's what we do thank you thank you uh i put, had it up in my, in my locker and one of the porters like why do you have wd-40 i go for my screws in my arm like duh and he's like really and i go yeah he's like i've never heard of that and i was like well not like not too many people have 16 screws in their arms. Uh, so, and he started walking away. I go, I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> he thought I was dead. He thought I was dead serious. I was like, come on. Oh, man. <laughs> Listen, we might look smart, but we're really actually not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> our glasses and our pens and our notebooks hide it all. That's right. That's okay. So those are my three. I hope my show and tell. Job well done. It. That was an yeah. epic show and tell. For You're quarantine, welcome. I'd say you get an A+. Plus. That was perfection. All right, Aaron, time for our rapid fire. We got a slew of questions for you here, and you're just going to spit out the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, great. So we need one opposing player you'd want to beat in an epic standoff. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Oh, great answer. What about a favorite guy you watched come up through the minors? Golly favorite guy yeah oh my gosh um for some reason just because i saw his post on mlb uh i'm james mccann i was a big fan of his okay cool. how about one unique place you're looking forward to wearing your world series ring to on the beach <laughs> With a are you gonna be rocking the swim trunks I, and yeah. the polo because that's a complete outfit <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Send us a picture, please. Post that. Let us know. I will. I will. All right. You mentioned your wife due in September with your second child, first boy. Do we have any names picked out yet that you can share? We do. His name is Paxton. Oh, love that. P-A-X-T-Y-N. So we're going with a Y theme. My wife's name is Kendall with a Y. My daughter's name is Collins, K-O-L-L-Y-N-S. And now we're going Paxton, P-A-X-T-Y-N. All right. So uh, from your surgery, as you mentioned, two plates, 16 screws. And now obviously you're going to have your ring and your World Series uh, hardware. How do you get past a metal detector at the airport? <laughs> uh, you don't. You don't, honestly. <laughs> uh, they, just, they just wave you right through. You're like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> That's Aaron Barrett. Let him go. That's right. Aaron, you've got a pretty good beard. One of the things that we talk about all the time are the best beards in baseball. How much would I have to pay you to shave that beard off, though? I honestly just started growing this out, so probably not that much. I went – it's weird. During season, I'll grow it out. Off season, I'll shave it. Uh, this, this quarantine in particular, because I was trying to get some on my face, you know, I wasn't used to going to a lake. 
you know, went down the beach for a week and just trying to get as much color as I can. So it probably wouldn't take that much, but I like to keep this growing during season. You know, it's a good beard. Gotta, thank you. Thank you. All right. Before baseball, did you have any odd jobs? Can you tell us? Yeah. <laughs> My oddest job was I worked at Dairy Queen for a summer. Did you have to flip the blizzard upside down or they got it for free? <clears throat> so unfortunately, I wasn't qualified enough to work in the front. I was only qualified to flip the burgers in the back. So, <laughs> But I'm sure you uh, aced that, yeah? Yes, it's a true story. I probably put on about 15 pounds that summer. That seems you light. Know, <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for me, I was only 175 pounds. Uh, so that was a lot for me. And so, yeah, that was a great time, you know, just making chicken finger baskets and DQ, grill and chill. It's the way to go. Do you have a, like a loyalty to DQ now, though, because you work there? I love Dairy Queen. It's sneaky, un sneaky, underrated burger. I'm not going to lie. Good to know. All right. What about <laughs> who's one athlete from another sport that you want to see in the home run derby? I'm trying to think of someone who's athletic enough to do it. My first uh, thought is like LeBron James because he's so big and athletic. So that would be interesting. But maybe a golf, maybe like someone like uh, Tiger, like in his prime, yeah. might be might be interesting to see. Yeah. Someone to see like how that. that golf swing translates into the cage. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. How about one thing that might surprise us that Aaron Barrett isn't very good at? Uh, I'm not very good at – goodness gracious. I should have my wife answer this one. <laughs> I'm sure she'd pull out uh, a laundry list, huh? <laughs> yes, she would. Um, oh, I know what. Uh, I am not very good at multitasking. I'm actually the worst at it, especially if I'm uh, texting. If I'm texting someone, I don't hear anything you say. That definitely comes straight from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. In the clubhouse, who is the designated DJ and what kind of tunes are they rocking? I feel like Trey Turner's pretty good DJ. He's putting on all the new all the new rap, all the all what the young kids are listening <laughs> to. Soto will mix it up, put some, you know, Latin flavor on there. I don't know. We have so. I mean, obviously, do do little. We'll go, you know, Metallica. You know, we'll during uh during the postseason in the in the weight room we were doing based on each city that we were in. We were just kicking it old school because it's a little bit older team, you know. Last year, so we were doing St. Louis. We were doing Nelly, St. Louis, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, Houston. You know, obviously, hit hit it with the uh, the Houston rap. Um, mm -hmm all those guys it was a lot of fun it was trey turner's birthday this week if was he 15 yeah <laughs> he just turned 15 if you could get trey turner anything for his birthday money's no object what would you get him uh a tequila uh distillery wow what? he's that big of a fan a picture of him post world series with like a very expensive bottle of tequila. Am I recalling that right? Yeah. That's he it. loves that stuff. He, lo he loves that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd get him one of those distilleries. I think it'd be a good gift.
All right. What about something? This one is a little deeper. Something that you learned about the game of baseball in 2019 based off your comeback and based off the fact that the Nats were the wild card and made it all the way to World Series champs? That you don't necessarily have to be the best team on paper. You know, I, I think um, in 2019, it's it goes to show you how big, uh, you know, how big your heart has to be and how much each guy pulls for each other in the clubhouse. I think that truly wins championships. Talent is great. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, if, if you have a team that believes in each other on, you know, every single pitch, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of success. And that's what I, I learned a lot last year. Okay, we end every podcast with an embarrassing story. So we make all of our guests tell us one thing from their past or something that happened recently that if they had one of those men in black mind racer devices, they would use it on themselves because it's just like so cringeworthy, they can't even stand it. What's an embarrassing story you have for us? This is hard. When you put me on the spot, it's hard. <laughs> you should have like sent me a cliff notes. <laughs> he likes uh, cliff notes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's how I got my degree, you know? <laughs> Didn't we all? Yep, same. <laughs> Embar embarrassing story. Golly. Anything from your time in school or your time with your friends or maybe on a, you know, a date with your wife or... Oh, got it. Got it. There you go. Just got to get the wheels turning. You had... Yeah, I got it. All right. Um, so... Going back 2009, back of the uh, archives here. First ever date with my current wife now. She was very, very playing hard to get with me, and uh, rightfully so, I get it. And uh, <laughs> finally, finally get her to go on a date with me. And we're, I'm taking it to this lovely place called Kabuki Hibachi Steakhouse in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, University of Ole Miss, you know, Mississippi, Ole Miss, go Rebs. Um, <laughs> it, it was a happening spot, you know, hibachi, fun time, you know, figured it'd be a fun atmosphere, be loose, but very nice meal. So we have a great time, uh, kicked it off, you know, had a great dinner. Paycheck comes out. I'm like, I got it. Don't you worry about it give the bill, comes back, guy comes back, declined. I'm like, what? You serious? So, put another card in, comes back, declined. No. <laughs> I'm like, what? I have zero cash. So, I have zero dollars to my name. <laughs> she, she picked up the bill. Wow. On my, on my first date, and obviously... I must have done something right because we ended up together. So that was a really, really embarrassing for me. Really embarrassing. Well, the fact that you were able to get away with that and she still said yes, that yeah. speaks to your character, man. That means you're a good dude. I just, I just, I just told her uh, I, I, I meant to do that so I get a free meal anyway. <laughs> That's the humor. Play it cool. Play there it you cool. go. <laughs> Aaron, uh, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This was an absolute blast for sharing your story and your thoughts about the upcoming season. We can't wait to see you out there 
And I'll actually see you Friday because I'll be down there for summer camp. So I'm excited for that. But we just appreciate you hopping on and sharing your thoughts with us. Stay six feet away from me, please. Believe me, I will. Are you going to have your bear mask? Uh, I plan on that's going to be my go-to mask every day. So that's, that's going to be my, my plan. I think that'll be a way that you'll know it's me. That's going to be a new thing too, right? Mask fashion and baseball. Maybe I started it. I posted it today, so maybe I'll start a trend. You know, guys are going to start getting on the trend of getting personalized masks. It's hard to tell who people are sometimes when you've got masks on. You know, when people say, oh, baseball players in street clothes, it's kind of hard to tell who you are sometimes. But now with the mask, if you don't have your name on the back, you're just walking around and you have the mask on. Yeah, but not him. He's got the bear. You know, he has the bear. We know. We know. Tell your teammates. (laughs) <laughs> I could I could I could mix it up though I could like you know start we could start I don't know who knows we'll, we'll, I'll think of something maybe you'll get Scherzer's eyes on a mask that's actually a great idea that's yeah. a great idea get, get on that train tons of baby sharks whatever you guys can think of <laughs> yeah. that's right thank awesome. you so well, much thank you so much you. hey thanks for having me you guys stay safe yeah you too see ya right, see good ya. luck Later. thanks